Everybody knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring. I am your host for the evening, the five-star man, Asa Gray, and joining me at this time, the Big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo! And before we jump into everything, a quick reminder, we are available on every major podcasting service. It would mean a lot if you went to uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, the big ones, uh, follow us there, uh, give us a rating. I know Apple allows for ratings for sure, because all of that helps with the algorithm, and since we are still getting our feet underneath us, uh, this is the most important time than ever to really kind of get some momentum going so we can get, go out to even more people, because we love all of you, and we, we want to love more people. You know, this, is, this isn't this is a monogamous podcast. No, we're... There's plenty of love to go around. We're poly AF with our love exactly. of our podcast. We have to be very explicit so, about that. <laughs> And then, of course, uh, you do. Uh, and then the Twitter handle, of course, is at nerdiest part. And the Gmail, did you just get that, or are you on a very big delay? Yeah. Uh, no, it just it just hit me what you said. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's like you just you just started laughing in the middle of the different sentence. Uh, but yeah, Twitter at nerdiest part. If you have ideas for the show, thoughts, questions, comments. Uh, let us know because we want to make the best podcast possible and we can't do that without knowing what works, what doesn't work. So yeah, thank you. Um, but enough of that. That's all the housekeeping that we have, uh, moving on to things this Sunday and it weird, it feels weird to say Sunday because it's NXT and those are typically Saturdays, but this Sunday is not takeover. It is NXT war games. It's they've dropped the takeover branding. I'm assuming that is part of the new NXT 2.0 branding and messaging going forward is we've seen the last of the takeover matches or takeover specials, but not really sure. Um, And it looks like a solid show. I have gotten a little bit off of NXT compared to the last few months because to me personally, the the 2.0 has been hit or miss a lot more than traditional NXT was. Yeah. Like, I, Yeah, because, like, NXT was on such a hot streak for, like, seven years of just... <laughs> it was consistently shit I wanted to watch. And then they were like, NXT 2.0, and they're like, we're going to take Hit Row off. Um we're going to move a bunch of people around. We have Rick Steiner's son, but we're not going to refer to him as Rick Steiner. We have, like, a bunch of weird, like, character things. And it's a, it's a it was so different so quick. Like, it was a literal overnight thing. And I watched it, and it didn't... It still felt like NXT, but it was, like, diet NXT almost. It... And don't get me wrong, like, I'm not saying that NXT was a perfect show, because by all, all stretches, they, it had its own set of issues. But NXT 2.0, to me, personally, they threw so many new people and new names and new gimmicks just right off the bat in the first couple weeks. Yeah. And it was hard for any of them, it was hard for me to make any sort of strong connection to hardly any of them. Uh... Braun Breaker, Braun Breaker that's how it's, it's, I'm going to stumble over that every time I say it, he is pretty much the one that I really enjoy 
just because, and it seems like he's the one that's clearly that like he is going to be the big deal of NXT 2.0. They've made that yeah. pretty clear. He's already he's already challenged for the NXT Championship. He had what could potentially be Johnny Gargano's final NXT TV match? Question mark. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, but so yeah, it's it, it's hard for me to like, and I and I get a lot of them confused, which isn't you know good. But uh, but I'm ex- I am excited for War Games. The War Games match style is always a lot of fun, and I think that the people involved in it, I, I believe that this could be a really really good show overall. Um, starting off, I'm just going in the order on the Wikipedia page. Is the women's War Games match Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, Cora Jade, and Kaylee Ray taking on Dakota Kai and Toxic Attraction, which is Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane. And I'm going to say that this is prob- this is what I am expecting to be match of the night. Yeah, I think it will be too, because there's just enough women in there that really want to prove a point. And honestly, I think they're on their third women's war game match. The previous two years were the first two. And that, like, they... Those women ball out every time they have a War Games match. Uh, I think we were there, me and Sadie were there for the first one in Chicago. And I will never forget the visual of Rhea Ripley just shit whipping a trash can at Bianca Belair off the top rope. Just flung it at her. I don't think I've ever <laughs> laughed so hard in a, like during a serious part of a wrestling match more than that. Because she literally just yeeted it at her. She just went, and it flew. Um, and then last year's uh, the war game, last year's women's war game match had Io Shirai jumping off the top of the cage in the trash can, which again, comedic gold. <laughs> that was the that was the match that like really established me as a big fan of Raquel Gonzalez's yeah. uh, wrestling, because it was like, oh, she's a big deal. She's about to become a world champion, like, or she's about to become NXT Women's Champion within a year, and then lo and behold, she did. Um, so I'm. <laughs> Really, I'm excited for Cora Jade because she is someone that they see the NXT 2.0 seems to be behind, and uh, I've been I've been a fan of hers for you know even before NXT. She's wrestled in a lot of places local to us, so I, I'm very excited to see her get this kind of spotlight and opportunity. That's super cool. Uh, the Toxic Attraction Act is another one that they are very clearly big behind. Um, I like Mandy Rose. A lot. I've liked her pretty much since she's debuted with WWE was the first time I've seen her. And then to have her go to NXT as a more serious wrestling focused role has made me really, really happy as opposed to just kind of like she was in. Was it Fire and Desire with the team with Sonya Deville? Um, But they never really gave them a platform to really like wrestle. You know, they would be in throwaway tag matches, and, and then she was basically a, a, a prop in the Otis story. For Well, that's not really fair, because she was her own, like, character in that, but um, they they the main roster did not do her justice to me. Um, and then, same thing with Gigi Dolan. That's, that is someone who I think is, like, gonna be someone to watch in this War Games match, just because we know what she's done pre-WWE, that... I'm very excited to kind of see what she will do in the war games scenario. Yeah. And then plus, you know, Kaylee Ray is great. Io Shirai is amazing. This is 
uh, the, other than the latter match, it, it, I think this is Kaylee Ray's like first real big opportunity to showcase what she can do on NXT after being in NXT UK for a while. Yeah, and Io Shirai I think is the one person that's been in every women's war game match, and every mm-hmm. time she steals a show in it. Uh, I still remember the yeah, moon salt because the the Chicago ones the first. The first one was the one where she, it was that where Dakota Kai turned on Tegan, Tegan right? Yep. That was the first one. Okay, and that was 2019, 2020. She did the trash can off the top. 2019, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna get a CEO Shirai do the prettiest moonsault off that cage and guess what <laughs> i did and it was off my side because like if you go watch a war games match live like it, there's some good and some bad because it's a giant cage which already hurts your vision and then also there's like it's just wrapped around the ring there's another ring that you have to see across she jumped off the side that i was facing so i was like oh i get to oh, see nice. i get to see the prettiness of it that's exciting uh but yeah no <laughs> i'm super ex- i think this probably will be the match of the night um I'm more excited about this one than I am the men's war game match, honestly. Uh, I am too. And there's there's some good looking matches on this card, but that's the one that I'm like, this will be the one that makes me tune in. Yeah. No, yeah. This is this is that's like I said, I expect this to be the best match of the night. It's my most anticipated match of the night. Not to discredit any of the other matches, because it's I don't looking at the card, I don't think there's anything that will be outright bad. Yeah. But I, this is what I think is going to be the best. Um, there's definitely matches that I'm more interested in than others, but nothing that I'm just like, all right, well, that's definitely going to be the bathroom break. Because I do want to see all of it. Uh, next match on here, though, is a hair versus hair match. Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson. Uh, Cameron Grimes, someone that I've been a huge fan of since his impact days of, as Trevor Lee. Uh, and now he's feuding with Duke Hudson, who is a poker player? He's a gambler. Uh, this is one of the guys that I would. Not, no, that's that's disrespectful. I don't mean to say it like that. He is someone that if you were to tell me a list of six names of people who have debuted on NXT 2.0 since it started, I and you had to do like the the online the internet game of like here's their pictures, here's their names. I that's one that I would absolutely get wrong every time. Just like I, this is one that I would I wouldn't be able to like wait which one is it, okay is it he is he Grayson Waller or no Andre Chase no Andre Chase is skinnier um like so it's it's just yeah I would have a problem with it um that said I'm excited for this match because like the build to it has been the build to it has been some of the best Cameron Grimes has done in my opinion because he is kind of moving away from the like super exaggerated goofy Cameron Grimes which is a ton of fun and I do enjoy but he is being a little bit more grounded and a little bit more realistic and it has made it, it to me it has made him 100% more credible even though he's been even in pre 2.0 Cameron Grimes was always fairly protected like his finisher is usually ends matches and uh, when he loses it it's a big deal uh, that said, even though he did already get his haircut and his beard trimmed, and he, I, to me, he looks a lot better because he still has that. You know, it's still long. Yeah, but he's not like wild man anymore. Uh, I think. Do I, I got to say, 
Actually, let's do that just for fun. Like, we won't keep track of anything. It won't be a game. Who do you think wins the, the women's war games match? We'll jump back for a second. Uh, Toxic Attractions team. T- team Toxic, yeah. I, I think that's a safe bet. Uh, and I think Cora Jade will be the last one eliminated. Uh, it's only eliminated. it's only one pin in a war game. Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then never mind. I take that part back. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it. Oh, no, it's because they start in and then they can't pin until everybody's in the ring. Yeah. That's the right. Match, ding, ding. Yeah, we, the match beyond doesn't start until... There is a there is like I w- in my head we just got done with Survivor Series yeah so even though the teams will have advantages it's throughout the match it's not elimination yeah it's the other way it's the opposite of that uh smart Asa big brain um but yeah no Toxic Attraction I think wins that one who do you think wins the hair versus hair uh Cameron Grimes same yeah just because like they've already kind of redone his look a little bit I don't see them him going full bald but maybe who knows. Um, the NXT Tag Team Championships will be defended as Imperium, Fa- uh, Imperium Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Barthel take on the team of Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. And Kyle O'Reilly doing what he can to get Von Wagner over, and it is, uh, I can't say that it's effective. Uh, um, I, I, th- I think the biggest misstep out of all this is that Kyle O'Reilly had such a good four or five months of goodwill of a, as a single star post Undisputed Era. He had those bangers with Finn Balor, and then he had his series of matches with, or his whole story with Adam Cole. And it's like, all right, you literally made a star, and the people that you made him the star against are gone. So just let him be Kyle O'Reilly now. And they were like, Von Wagner. And again, I know what the dude looks like, but. I just I don't get why you you just you literally just made yourself a single star and you're like let's put him in a tag team and let's put him in a tag mm-hmm. team with somebody that like is very not there yet like to the level of Kyle O'Reilly to where it almost makes Kyle O'Reilly worse for wear. Oh, it's it has hurt his stock a lot in NXT. Yeah, um, to me at least. I you know I. I don't want this podcast to be something where we come on and shit on people because that's never really what we've been about. Yeah. But I think Von Wagner is someone who needs a lot more fine-tuning before he would be TV-ready. Not even that. Like, okay, yes, but also... I mean, and I I mostly mean from a character standpoint. Yeah. Because what is a defining characteristic of Von Wagner right now? His name. I can tell you his name is Von Wagner. Yeah, I was going to say, what is something special about the the performer Von Wagner? Uh, That his name... Is, and he's friends with Kyle O'Reilly. And he's buddies with Kyle O'Reilly. And that's my, like, issue. Is you have... And I'm going to say no name and not be mean about it. Literally, it's just in... He literally does not have a name value yet. He has not been established mm-hmm. in NXT. And I get the idea of letting Kyle O'Reilly give him that rub. But it's just not... Like, from what I've seen, it's not where it needs to be. They should have brought him up with another, like up-and-comer to make a new team instead of bringing Kyle O'Reilly into it. And honestly, Kyle O'Reilly, as a character, has kind of suffered pretty much since his matches with Finn Balor. Because when he was the, no, I'm standing up for what I believe in, I'm going to stand up to Adam Cole, that was the be- that was where he was at his best and the coolest. And we were like, cool, like this is this is awesome. But then they, like, he tried to be goofy, 
Yeah. And it and that didn't really land. And he came across like he went from kind of a not stoic, but like more of a serious competitor. And then he he came across almost as as like dorky, which was a hard one eighty. And, and yeah. that is a that it's it is a bummer to see. So now he he himself is trying to regain his footing and try to figure out like where he is. And now he has to also not only figure himself out, but he has to now help Von Wagner find himself and establish him as a character. Yeah. And it's just, it's not clicking. And it, it, that's what I was saying. If you brought in another, like, up-and-coming name, mm-hmm. you could have them figure that out together. It's a lot easier to do that with two people that aren't established because it's kind of a... it. It's the difference of dealing with clay that just came out of the package versus the clay that's been out for, like, a day. Yes, that day-old clay is still malleable, but you already it has a form to it, and there's not a lot you can do outside of that form without kind of breaking it. And that's what they're kind of doing with Kyle O'Reilly. Whereas if you'd have brought somebody new in, you'd make them whatever you want. Dudes with attitudes, I don't fucking care. Just give me something that isn't going to completely ruin the establishment of somebody else. And like again, like the, you said, they were doing that with Kyle O'Reilly already, where he was he was very serious and then went into goofy. Which, if you watched him during the Undisputed era, um, he was he was the goofy one. Like it's very easy right. to say out of the four guys, he was the goofy one. Mm-hmm. They turned him serious, which was awesome. But then they tried to unring that bell. Yeah. And now they're like really trying to make you think that that bell never existed with this Von Wagner thing. And it's only really kind of hurt him. And hindsight's twenty twenty, and it's so easy to sit here in, in armchair uh, Booker, but, like, Von Wagner is Braun Breaker's just backup. Like, not even mouthpiece, but just as his second. Like, let them be a 2.0 act would yeah. make more sense than, than Kyle O'Reilly. But, uh, anyway, uh, I, don't, I, I think Imperium retain here. And it's, it's a bummer we spent that much time talking about the tag team match and didn't even mention them because like but also like what is there to say they're good and they're real good at tag team wrestling imperium's really good the i will say i'm i've their their promos have gotten have seemingly gotten like back to where they were from like what i saw of like nxt uk where it's just like oh no these guys are good at like everything about they've got this whole pro wrestling thing figured out just at every level uh, the NXT Cruiserweight Championship will be defended uh, with the weight limit being waived for this match as the Diamond Mines Roderick Strong defends against Joe Gacy with Harland. Um, I hate the Joe Gacy act. Yeah. I like him as a performer. But the, the, the weird, like, and I will give them credit that he is more nuanced and there seems to be more depth to the character than that first, like, safe space promo he cut. But I still don't love it. Like, he, he I'm not saying he can't win me over or the, the storytelling can't win me over. Uh, but just, it's it's not clicking with me. Um, I really, I, I hope Roderick Strong wins. But uh, I'm not confident that he will. I kind of think that this really is going to be the no, no, no black and gold is dead show yeah because aside from duke hudson and imperium i don't i like spoiler alert like i think all of nxt 2.0 is is winning this 
Um, and that includes, I think, Gacy will end up with the Cruiserweight title here. And that bumps me out because, one, I think Di- now that Hit Row is gone, uh, I think Diamond Mine is the coolest thing in NXT. I yeah. still love that. Um, also, just, you know, Malcolm Bivens, Mark. So Yeah, and so here's the the whole, like, making the Cruiserweight division inclusive and stuff like that. Which, by the way, that was kind of the angle they're playing with it in waiving the weight limit. That's yeah, relative. Like th- whoever wrote that, well done. Cause like, all right, I get what that character is. I get what Joe Casey's character is, and I get how you got from point A to point B. Um, and it was well executed. I don't like it. Um, the last time that they did something like this was back in two thousand and three. But they at least like leaned into it with Matt Hardy barely making weight. Like, Matt Hardy was, like, a fraction of a pound under, and that's what made him cruiserweight for it, where this <laughs> one, they're just like, no, no, no cruiserweight limit because all-inclusive, like, and again, well done. You at least figured out how to make it work within the story and the characters, but I don't the like problem it. With it. The problem with it, though, is, like, then that, now it's, now it's not the cruiserweight championship, it's the X Division championship. Like, which is, yeah. like, that's cool. Like, X Division is all about no limits, so there's not a weight limit to it. But th- just that, that, that is what it reminds me of. So I'm just like, eh, whatever. And, but the thing of it is, at least with the X Division, that's the name of the division. They're, like, you yeah. can say X Division and it doesn't matter. Like, weight limit really isn't a thing when you, like, really... You can blow out the idea of the X Division and be like, well, yeah, of course it's little guys, but there's nothing saying that Samoa Joe sh- shouldn't be the X Division champion. Whereas the Cruiserweight title has a weight limit to it, a cruiserweight. And, like, there was a big thing with, like, uh, UFC back in the early days, the open weight champions and stuff like that, which is something we still see in New Japan. But, like, there was an, uh, like, UFC, like, early, early days, there was an open weight, like, championship to it. And it was Mm -hmm. back during the tournament days and any weight could, like, do that. That's fine. Open weight is very everything. That's the word you yeah. use for that, not cruiserweight. Because it's like, well, then why can't... I've not been in the UFC mode long enough, but I'm going to go back and use some names. Why can't John Jones go fight featherweight? Well, it's because he's going to outweigh him by fucking 40 pounds. Like, well, and he's also going to be in jail probably for... Well, yeah, and that too. Something he's gonna, heinous. And he's going to be on coke, so like pain's going to hurt less. But like, what I'm getting at is you put a weight limit on a title... And it was the same thing they used to try to do with Rey Mysterio, where it's like, well, it's a heavyweight belt, Rey should never be it, ha 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 ha. But they at least let him, like, this is the reverse of that, but it doesn't really work in reverse. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the whole unringing the bell thing, because once, if Joe Gacy wins that title, that belt means nothing as a cruiserweight belt anymore. Right, now it's Look, just the set, now it's just another secondary belt, because the North American Championship is still a thing. Yeah. Um, so, correct me if I'm wrong. So the X division is the division, but the, you, there's not a set weight limit to it. Isn't that kind of? It's just it was essentially just kind of the undercard, like mid to undercard, with a couple you know main event spots thrown in there. Isn't that kind of how New Japan does their junior heavyweights and heavyweights? Kind of. Like, yeah. That's not an actual. Yeah, it, yeah. That's not an actual weight limit. It's just like no, no, no. You're it's where we're positioning you on the card, like how seriously you should be taken. Yeah, because that was my favorite thing, because me and Sadie saw the first promoted match from Trent Beretta whenever he got promoted to heavyweight. 
And J- Trent Beretta, by the way, or Trent from Best Friends, if you've ever seen, is not a cruiserweight. That is a large, like, not large man, but he, that is a whole ass man. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how, like, New Japan, unless you're, like, super small, you will probably also always be a junior, like, heavyweight. But, like, the Young Bucks have, like, were promoted up to heavyweight at a certain point. Trent Beretta was. It, it is a promotion on based on kind of where you're at. It, like, now, if you come in looking like Brock Lesnar, you're never going to be a junior heavyweight. But when you're right. kind of in that mid-size, um, mid-to-small-size wrestler, you go through junior heavyweight to go to heavyweight. Um that being said, the whole and I, I do appreciate you saying that. The issue with that versus the cruiserweight is that we literally had oh, a no no no. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't comparing those to the cruiserweight. I was comparing those to the X division. Yeah. Okay. Well, the X division is all about no limits. Like, I because I understand like weight classes. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what the, there's cruiserweight, featherweight, heavyweight, light heavyweight, like stuff like that. Yeah, and like comparing those three things, cruiserweight to X division to junior heavyweight in New Japan is. Mm-hmm. One of those three had a show for multiple years called 205 Live. And they literally, WWE put a number to it. They put so much stuff to it to say that if you're this size, you can't be... Like, if you're over 205, you can't compete for that belt. And they spent so mm-hmm. much time making that a point of it to the point that it was the name of the damn show. To be like, now I like... Remember- the, the dedicated segments when Buddy Murphy cut all that weight. Yeah. Like who when when he legitimately cut all that weight to be 205 to go after the title. Yeah, which is funny that they did it legit, or he did it legit. It's just a testament to him as a person, like him as a performer. Athlete? Yeah. yeah. But like, I'm very aware that all of this is a work, and you can literally, it's the whole, uh, how do you kill a vampire? Well, however the hell you want to, it's not real. Like, same thing. Right. Like, I understand that's what it is, but I want to work off of the rules that you are giving me. And you have now looked at your own rules and went, nah, and threw them away. And that's so mm-hmm. frustrating. And especially whenever you put the belt on somebody like Roderick Strong, who is so damn good, and you could literally rebuild that whole cruiserweight division around him. Like... I would pay to see an entire rebrand. Like, give me a new 205 Live, but make that the the new Buddy Murphy. Like, mm-hmm. he's so good. And they're just like... Because I also don't think that Buddy... Or not Buddy Murphy, that Roderick Strong is walking away with it. I just don't see it happening. Is 205 Live is still a thing, isn't it? I don't think so. I think it's just NXT now. No, 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 no. Like, the the Friday show. There, There's a show... Unless it's main event. I think it's main event. I haven't heard of 205 Live in a while. Well, it's it's not something they ever reference anymore. But, like, Amari Miller is on, like, every week. And I think it's... Let me... I, yeah, 205 Live. It's still, it is still a thing. It's still a show? So that's where... Well, good it's for still 205 a show. Live. Hey, yep, look at I, them. For whatever reason, I could... Yeah, so... But... Uh, but that isn't even the main event, more than likely. you got to assume it's going to be one of the War Games matches, and it might just be this War Games match. Uh, the men's War Games match, uh, I don't know if this is official. I hope it's not. Uh, Team Black and Gold, Tommaso Ciampa, the NXT champion, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and LA Knight versus Team 2.0. No, not that 2.0. That's, that's another team that <laughs> is doing other stuff. Damn it. Ugh. 
Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, the North American champion, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo uh, makes up that team. I, there's no doubt in my mind that 2.0 gets this. Um, it, again, it'll be good. I like the majority of these guys in this match a lot. Um, obviously, everyone on Team Black and Gold is established, minus LA Knight, and he's like not really a face. He's th I don't like this feud because like well, breaking down the rest of the card um even team like the the women's war game matches toxic attraction they stole the, they took the ti the tag titles off of Io Shirai Mandy Rose took the title off of Raquel Gonzalez uh Cora Jade has just been kind of like a staple but she has she has been doing stuff with pretty much everybody um even and then like you have the Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez feud going there and then Kaylee Ray is kind of the wild card. But but the majority of these competitors have a beef with each other already. Yeah. Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson. And like, all of the other matches are traditional just wrestling build. But then, like, Team Black and Gold is strictly like, we've been here for longer than you. It's essentially brand supremacy. Because, <laughs> like, there's no reason L.A. Knight should be aligning himself. It's just that he happened to be fighting backstage with one of them. Yeah. And then, like, the, like there's no reason Grayson Waller and Tony D'Angelo should have each other's backs. Yeah. Like, at all. They were gonna um, find somebody else for black and gold except for L.A. Knight, but they've realized they released all of them. Yeah, they don't <laughs> have anybody else. Um, Pete Dunn, another one, is like, no, why would he be joining up with anybody? Like, he should be after Tommaso Ciampa for the title. Because he's, like, it's, uh, I don't, the coolest part has been the Ciampa Gargano kind of reconnection. But, um, yeah, and, and then, like, so it's, like, Grayson Waller is an established heel. Uh, Carmelo Hayes is an established heel. Tony D'Angelo, I'm pretty sure is heel. Uh, I can't quite get a really good read on him other than just the terrible, like, super stereotypical Italian New Yorker thing that he does. Um, and then, like, Braun Breaker just comes out of nowhere when all of the heels are fighting this weird mixture of faces and heels, and he's just like, war games! Like, why? Just because you're still kind of chasing after Champa? I don't... I don't like it, Dalton. I don't like it. Uh, that said, it's gonna be fun. Like, war games is always fun. I'm a big fan... Like, I'm very excited to see Breaker and Hayes, specifically, uh, in this environment. Um, I'm gonna be very sad if this is the last time that we see Johnny Gargano. Because he did sign, a, just to kind of tie in with a, some contract news, uh, both he and Kyle O'Reilly are potentially out the door uh, because Johnny Gargano's contract has actually already officially ended, but he signed a one-week extension so that he could do the War Games special. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, there has not been any confirmation that he has re-signed. That also does mean because his contract expired, he's not getting released. He could be at War Games on Sunday and potentially AEW on Wednesday. There's nothing stopping him from that. I don't think he will show up that quickly. Um, if he does, like I, 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 th I don't think he'll stay. Personally, give um, me. But I don't think he shows. Give me what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see him? So okay, let's say so. Let's say Wednesday hits. AEW is live. Johnny Gargano comes out. What do you want them to do with him? Um, like, what do you, what do you want to see? I want to see immediately because my my little body wants it really bad. 
is I want an immediate Daniel Bryan. Don't say it like that. Uh, uh, Brian Danielson versus Johnny Gargano feud. Um, okay, well that's not what's going to happen because Brian Danielson's already doing stuff. That's like, what uh, you, that's what, what you, I want. I'm just let me rephrase. Let let me rephrase the question. Yeah. What do you think AEW will do with him on that Wednesday? Um, he'll, he's going to go straight for Adam Cole. Do you think he joins up with the best friends? Yeah, I think that's what will happen. Um, mm-hmm. Like they need a third, and after they wrecked uh, Orange Cassidy, they're like they'll do that again, probably on Rampage before, and then they'd be like, "You don't have a third. and then Johnny Gargano come out, and then I get that, um, and then give me that until Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. That's <laughs> that's what I want, Asa. And also, like I was talking to Sadie about it because she was like, "Well, he's never going to the main roster," and I said, "No." Because that motherfucker's nickname is Johnny Wrestling. And they'll have him in a, a single color singlet and headgear like that. And the fact that they mm-hmm. haven't already done that, and I know it's because they've done that to other people, and that's why they can't do it to him yet. The fact that he has stayed away from that is really impressive. Um, and I don't want that for him. So that's one that I'm like, don't resign. Uh, make sure your wife gets up all that WWE money while she can. You get some of like some AEW money, and then just have her come back and join you. Whenever her contract lapses, because they're not going to want to do anything with her after he leaves. I'm not saying that she's not a talent in and of herself, but we've seen WWE not be super kind to married couples that work for that people work for or leaves the company. Yeah. So like Johnny Gargano is one of those that I'm like, yes, go to AEW. There are so many matches that I want to see. So yeah. many matches I want to see. And Kyle O'Reilly. Because you know what I've really been enjoying on AEW? Whenever they kind of sprinkle it in there. Anytime Bobby Fish and Adam Cole hang out. That's my... Like, nothing warms my heart better. The whole little promo he cut where Bobby Fish and that's... And they're like, yeah, you can't say that here. Like, all of that is is just warms my little heart. And the fact that Kyle O'Reilly can join them again soon, because, like, yeah, Roderick Strong was really cool in Undisputed Era, but, like, when I really think of the Undisputed Era, I think of the three. Mm-hmm. And if he's about I to will be... say, I will say, I do like how Adam Cole has kind of screwed over Bobby Fish a couple times, too. Just totally, like, abandoned him to either eat a loss or just get his ass kicked. Um, and worth noting before you get too carried away, uh, Johnny, Gar- or, I'm sorry, Johnny Gargano's contract will be done... I believe Sunday is, is that, like, that's the last day of the contract. Um, but Kyle O'Reilly still has a little bit more time. But I do, it is supposed to expire sometime in December. So. Yeah, and I don't. But that's another, that's another one where his contract is expiring. He may choose to resign. He may, he may not. But uh, it is one where there wouldn't be that 30, 90, 60 day no compete clause. He would be able to be free to go yeah. impact New Japan, wherever. Uh, yes, be- but I do also hope that like we get that little mini uh, undisputed era reunion well, slash. I also I would be way more interested in Red Dragon reforming and turning on Cole, because and just being especially because like the way O'Reilly or the way Cole left NXT, like to have that bad blood just spill over. Like yeah, I would, I think really, that would be interesting. Nothing's really stopping Kyle O'Reilly. Like, well, nobody would be stopping anybody. If Kyle O'Reilly's contract expired in three weeks, that following Rampage, nothing would really be stopping. Actually, that would kind of be fun if you think about it. So do what I did. Have Gargano go straight after Cole and let mm-hmm. that be a pain in his side for a week or two and have Adam think that he has that under control. And then like he's like, well, now that I got that little ghost brought like fixed and then 
Kyle O'Reilly come and fuck him up. Like, to have just the ghost of NXT's past just come and really yeah. start screwing with Adam Cole would be mm-hmm. so much fun. So much fun. Supposed to be, and, like, nothing's... supposed to be done with you guys. And nothing's really stopping anybody from them continuing a feud. Because a feud's not... You can't trademark a feud. Like... Yeah. That, and that you would... just, you know... You gotta kind of be careful about how you talk about the, the history between the two. But the good thing is, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly have just so much fucking history, even removing Pre, any yeah. NXT mention. Yeah. Future, well, Future Shock was their tag team, wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, but that's not the only people who are departing NXT, potentially. Uh, it was announced today by Beth Phoenix. Uh, she put out a statement on Twitter that I'm just going to read the whole thing. Ahead of War Games, I wanted to share that this Sunday will be my final night in NXT. While I will remain a part of WWE, I have made the choice to step away from the weekly broadcast booth to spend more time with my family. This was not an easy decision, as I have loved my three-plus years and 135 episodes with NXT and am incredibly proud of the brand. Will forever be grateful to Vic Joseph, Wade Barrett, Nigel McGuinness, Tom Phillips, Mauro Ronaldo, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Michael Cole, and my entire NXT family, both in and out of the ring, for the amazing opportunity." NXT will always be a part of me, and Auntie Betty will always be a part of NXT. Leave the porch light on for me. Uh, very, very sweet. Adorable. Um, it's a bummer, because I have enjoyed her on commentary a lot. Like, I thought she kind of had a little bit of a rocky start, but she picked it up so quickly. And I has really, really improved and has been such a good part of NXT. Um, plus I think, I think her and Stu Bennett both, or Wade Wade Barrett. Yeah. Um, I did the Vic Joseph thing. I don't know if you saw that from a few weeks ago. Did Uh, he call him Stu Bennett? He called him Stu. (laughs) He called it, he called him Stu and he's just like, well, first off, my name's Wade. Uh, (laughs) That was me half trying to do an accent because I was like, should I do the accent? No, that would be stupid, but I'd already started. Um, but no, I, I like their chemistry a lot and, uh, I'm, she says that she's a part of WWE, and I don't know. I'm curious to find out what that means. Like, does that just mean that she's now moving on to a Legends deal, or will she, you know, is she going to end up being more maybe behind the scenes, like a producer or agent or something like that? It, or maybe she's moving from NXT. Maybe she's going to start traveling with the main roster so she can be with edge well she said she wants to spend more time with her family so i would almost assume it would have to be a legends deal like and Mm -hmm. granted yes i know edge is part of like the main roster but he is not full-time per se to where yeah he just came back yeah like she could easily just take time to spend with her kids be on a legends contract and then if they want her for a big show that she can or if there's a big show she can do the pre-show panel or she can do nxt whatever like that's whenever I read that, that's what I think it is. I think it's she will be stepping yeah. down from... I don't think she'll be doing more. I think she'll be doing substantially less. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. I'm just... I, I, I don't know what their schedules... Excuse me, what their travel schedules look like. Like, obviously, NXT is in the one location every time, so... Um, but yeah, like, like I said, I think Legends deal uh, is definitely an option, but... I don't know. The, the way that I will remain a part of WWE... To me, that sounds like she's taking on another role. But again, that's just how I'm interpreting it. It's entirely possible. It is just a legend deal, which is perfectly fine. 
Beth Phoenix does not owe us jack shit. Nope. She doesn't owe WWE or NXT jack shit. If, if anything, she uh, gave us just a little bit more, and that was all I needed. I was so happy. Yeah, we got no. we got a few more matches out of her. She became one of the toughest mofos in Royal Rumble history, wherein she busted her head open and still went like another 20 minutes, and it was mm-hmm. bad. Like, no, she gave me enough cool moments in her comeback that I'm like, you can... Like, stay as long as you want. <laughs> like, you get to live rent-free no matter where. But, like, thank you for the the small moment she gave us back on that. Like, she had another Mania moment. Like, she had a really good, like, couple years in that comeback that she did. And then really good as a commentator, too. Like, I hope that yeah. whenever she does go into the Hall of Fame rightfully, that they also put over the fact that she was such a good commentator for 146 episodes of NXT. Like... That's also an insane number when you think about it. She's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Beth Phoenix is in the Hall of Fame, isn't she? Yeah. You, you threw me off. I was like, wait, no, Natalia totally... Yeah, her. no. And then I had, But then I was like, wait, no, he said that with such confidence. Maybe she inducted Natalia? No, Natalia's still active. Yeah. You dumb well, when she gets it's inducted, it, when she gets inducted again into the Hall of Fame... I... For, for her <laughs> NXT commentary, yeah. two-time and... Two-time inductee. I mean, they're handing that uh, two-time out like candy at this point. I think I've been, I think well. I've been inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame twice. Uh, oh, you fucking wish. <laughs> oh, you wish. You. Oh my god. Uh, moving on from there, though, uh, a mix of good and bad news. Um, the the good news of it though is that uh, he's getting his treatments and he has a return date. But Jim Ross shared that he did test positive for skin cancer. Uh, again, and he is taking some time away from AEW to get that treated. Uh, I'm just reading off of his Twitter what he said. Due to my skin cancer care totaling 22 radiation treatments starting Monday, I will hopefully return to the announced desk on December 29th in Jacksonville. Tony Khan supports me on this strategy, which has been a blessing. My thanks for all your support. Um, obviously, all our best to Jim Ross and his family uh, and just a big old hearty fuck cancer uh, um yeah from everybody so but it seems like you know he's his he's posted since then a couple times uh because he posted that back on november 25th and just for clarity we're recording this on december 2nd uh he's posted that he's gone through a couple he's gone under a couple of the treatments uh and those went successful so hopefully everything will continue to go smoothly for him and we do get that uh return date he's able to hit that return date it's a little bit of a bummer that he won't be there for winter is coming uh because that is the 18th 15th that is the 15th we're two weeks out but uh he'll be there back on wednesday the 29th let's see uh other aew news and again more contract news this time uh it's someone parting ways with aew uh big swole posted on her twitter today over the past couple of months, my life has been... Or, I'm sorry, this was not today. This was back on the 30th. My brain hurts. Uh, over the past couple of months, my life has taken on the mantra, grow, learn, change. Dealing with shadow work took strength I didn't know I had. I thank God for my loving family because they got me through some of the roughest months of my life. But I realized the real test is applicable. So I took my leap, and after speaking with Tony Khan and AEW higher officials, we've decided not to renew my contract with All Elite Wrestling. 
This was a hard decision, but a needed one. I am grateful for their understanding and that we could mutually come to this agreement. I have enjoyed my time with AEW and wish them all the best. I appreciate their love and welcoming me into the family. Today is my last day, and as bittersweet as it is, I am proud to say that I've lived my dreams while making a difference. That is a swole mentality. Um, this is a bummer, personally, just because I'm a big fan of Big Swole, no pun intended, and she is someone that I look at as a really big missed opportunity. Yeah. Because one of the principal foremost arguments uh, or, or um, complaints about AEW is how they handle the women wrestlers and the lack of focus on the women's division. And Big Swole is someone who I think they could have done a lot more with. You know, she was in a couple things, you know, but nothing super memorable, never really presented in a super meaningful way. Um, and I think she absolutely could have handled that role. Yeah, and it's just a bummer. Like, I'm if she is super happy with what she chose to do on this one, and, like, it was very mutual, good for her. Because it's one of those things to be able to turn down, like what you're what i'm assuming would be like a childhood dream and job to have and be like no i'm kind of want to just kind of better myself and do other things that benefit other people like i i admire that like and again i think there's a lot of things that they could also agree there's a lot of things they could have done with her and they just didn't uh because she was a very early like joining of the company whenever they weren't focusing on women's wrestling as much and it's the whole thing. Like, they had some really good talent that they kind of didn't do anything with. Like, mm-hmm. they would have dark matches and stuff like... Or matches on dark and stuff like that. But it was never, like, a focal point that it should have been. Yeah, she had, like... A, she had a couple, like, actual feuds. But most of them were, you know, exclusive just to dark. Which, again, they only have three hours of television a week. So, something's gotta give. But it's... I think this is the kind of story we're going to see a lot more of in the next couple months. Because we're reaching that point where apparently a lot of those year one contracts are starting to come up. And it'll be interesting to see who, like, Big Swole chooses not to resign and those who aren't offered an extension. Because I do think there's going to be, I do think they will eventually, they will make cuts at that point. Um, Not necessarily like, hey, we're ending your contract two years early, but hey, we're not renewing you because there's a, there is a, pretty sizable difference there yeah um so that's that's going to be something to watch out for um and we will of course let you know the more that we hear out um and then we are going to end the show with a brand new segment that uh we are calling playing with ourselves yay you did it because this is a yeah it's, uh, fuck it it's my show i can do what i want uh and this is going to be kind of a spotlight on and it may not happen every week just because we may not get this kind of news every week um but we're going to spotlight some of the uh, nerdier side of things because it's the name of the show nerdiest part of the ring uh there's a lot of action figure news and that interests myself and dalton so we want to talk about it and hopefully it'll interest you too uh if Kevin Huntsberger is listening for my one, two, three cents, I think this interests him as well. I know it'll interest Caleb Carter from uh, Four Sides Wrestling Podcast, a couple podcasts you should definitely check out because those are everywhere too. Um, but uh, first off, we're going to talk about Ringside Collectibles put out a tweet uh, the other day that the new WWE uh, Elite Series Wave 92 is available for pre-order. 
this series includes Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair, Rey Mysterio, Adam Cole, Scarlet, and The Fiend. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> so, so look at these names and realize that four of the six of this wave no longer associated with WWE in an official capacity. Adam Cole actively wrestling for AEW at this point. Uh, something that she pointed out that I didn't really realize, but Scarlett is now on her third figure after wrestling zero matches for WWE. And then uh, this is... What year Ric Flair is this, Dalton? Because it, it looks like it's one of the older like NWA flares. Uh, it looks... Uh, I, th- I think it's w- or not, uh, w- WCW. WCW. It's like 96, 97 flair, which is really annoying because you know who just made a kit bash custom so he could have that kind of flair in his setup? Me. And if I would have been <laughs> just a little less unpatient about it, I could have just bought the damn thing with a shirt. Yeah, but that's also you as a collector in general of just like, oh, if I had only waited. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it is 96. It, it is 96, uh, according to uh, Dylan, because he responded to one of the tweets I put, in, I put out. So shout out to Dylan. Thank you for that. Oh, I love him. He's uh, awesome. Uh. And then, so it's it's 96 Flair, it's Scarlet, and then it, the picture they're using makes it look like it's Burnt Fiend. It is. There's, there's okay. images of the figure. Okay, so, I mean, that's kind of cool, because I didn't hate that look. Oh, I did. But... I hated it so uh, much. It if they just I think you I, I want would you have hated it as much if they had stuck with it or if they had actually like followed up with it other than him like mystically becoming healed and then leaving like right away after two more shows? No, I hated it the whole time. And I think I would okay. have stayed hating it because like that look reminds me of the um scarecrow that they burned to get to that look. And I think mm-hmm. that I hated it because of that. And then I looked at it and I thought it looked dumb. And then in figure form, which I don't know if you've pulled up a picture of what it looks like yet, figure form doesn't look good because you can't like replicate rotting flesh on a $20 action figure. Or let me at least like rephrase that and say Mattel can't because they won't put the time and effort into it. Like if you told me mm-hmm. NECA was making a burnt fiend, I would be like, that figure's going to be dope. But it's Mattel who like. Not saying they're lazy, but they don't do that kind of figure. Like they don't do minute details like that as much. Okay, I'm on I'm on Ringside's site and I'm looking at the figure and yeah they, it, the the burn on his like forearms because his sleeves are kind of rolled up to the elbow pads that doesn't look great. Yeah, um, this is not going to be a good looking figure. Is I can't tell. Um, so is that just a paint job or is that actual texture? Because uh, if like you can if you can feel that on his arms, I take it back and that's great. Get, but if it is just like paint, that lo- that's that's kind of rough. Give me a second. I'm looking it up right now. I do think th- I do think the mask looks good though. I, I like the, I think the mask looks good. Um, from the little bit I can tell of the hair, that looks fine. Um, and that actually does this other picture they have. It does look textured. So it's you know textured. what? I'm on board. It's, I'm on board with this. It's textured. I I don't know if I'll end up buying it because I do have my I have my Firefly Funhouse spray and I do have a Fiend Elite. Um I don't know if I'm going to need this one. But if it's it's something that like if I'm out uh, looking for Transformers so, or Marvel Legends uh and they have one, I might grab it. 
Here's a fun little fun fact. There, they so Mattel reuses a lot of body parts. This is what the playing with ourselves segment's all about. Um, oh yeah, we're getting into the minutia. The, we're getting into the details here. They're using the bottom lower leg. It looks from the like the kneecap down, or at least the calf down from the uh, Ultimate Fiend because it has toe articulation, okay. which is not a hmm. it's that's not a WWE Elite staple. And they didn't say they were adding that to figures. The toe articulation's an ultimate. And I mean, it's made its way a couple times in different figures. Um, like, Bianca Belair shares boot a boot mold with uh, Charlotte. Bianca Belair's elite, the first elite, the, like, the white and pink one, shares a boot mold with the ultimate Charlotte Flair. So her, Bianca's elite has toe articulation. Um, which, I don't even know if Charlotte Flair's figure is going to have toe articulation to it but like that's kind of neat it doesn't to answer oh no it does that's cool so maybe they're adding more toe articulation to people because like rick flair also recently had an ultimate figure so maybe his is going to have it too it who knows does not he's just looking as he's just looking at his phone yeah <laughs> Uh, <laughs> trying, to, trying to like enhance zoom in enhance. yeah which is like this is my life but yeah the, so the scarlet flare looks ugly or not Scarlet Flair. The Scarlet figure looks ugly. Um, that Does it? Oh, that figure looks scary. Like, the eyes are super bugged out. Mattel's had some mm-hmm. figures recently with the eyes that look make the figures look horrible. The Scarlet's one of them. <laughs> um, I'll probably end up getting it and head swapping it. Because I actually have both of her basic figures. Um, the Fiend, I may end up getting just because I have all of the other versions of Firefly Funhouse Bray. Like, I have the Fiend. I have that Bray. I don't have the ringside Bray, but I have the one that came out normally. Um, and then also there's another Bray Wyatt Firefly Funhouse Fiend coming out. It just got announced for pre-order. <laughs> They're getting so much money out of this dude that they fired for budget reasons. Dear Lord. Because uh, that's like, it's very weird to see the amount of people that they made figures of after they released them. And like... Mm-hmm. it was very i wouldn't say it was rare but like whenever you weren't collecting at all and i like you were we were going to shows together like stride and stuff like that and i would talk to you about action figures i would like maybe once a year would be like yeah so they're making this figure of a person like it's still getting released of somebody that got released like got fired mm-hmm. so like it's cool that we're getting that figure and i would say that would happen maybe once or twice a year but like in this one wave there's four people that no yeah. longer work for the company. And like this also is following our trip to Walmart where the WWE display of figures, there were six figures showing and four of them were fired. Yeah. Cause it was like two stroke. Yeah, that's it's And like it's bad. I'm used like I've seen it before where like the person and the, the figure get released. Like the person gets fired and the figure gets released at the same time. And like that's fine, but like Chelsea Green was released, and then like four months later, her figure finally dropped. And it's like, yeah. like they did it with Bobby Fish and his basic recently, Adam Cole. Like, it's very common now to where like, hey, I wonder whose figure we're still going to get, even though they got let go. Well, and it's a it's a numbers game at this point because the you know a couple years ago they weren't releasing a ton of people all the time. Yeah. Whereas now it seems like at least once a month we are getting multiple releases. But they literally like minimum. they stopped a whole figure not too long ago, like last October. Was uh, that Stinks? Yeah, 
Because they just didn't make his Legends figure. That's right, yeah. And, like, I don't think that fi- that figure was pretty far along. Like, I don't think any were, like, made and put in a box, but... It wasn't just in, like, oh, we have the sketches ready. Yeah, like, we got... Oh, we might have gotten prototype images. I know we had a render, and then, like, he didn't renew his contract, and then, like, two months later, that Legend, like, that Legends wave came out, and it did not have Sting. Um, which is why we got mm-hmm. so many Bobby Heenans and uh, Weasel suits, because they had to make something. Uh, <laughs> but, like, Bray's been gone for two months. Um, Flair has been two or three months. Um, Scarlet, that was recent, so I can't... That one's one of those that, like, it flew right under the radar. And then, oh, uh, who's the fourth one? Help me out. Rick Bray, Adam Cole. Adam Cole. And yeah, no, I guess Adam Cole was also a month or two ago. But like, mm-hmm. man, they are just. Because they can't release. They can't like cancel every figure like that. Because then they have. Why it was released July 31st. So it's been four months. So his figure should have gotten canceled. The issue with his is that he is so unique and the shit he does, like whenever he changes his look, is so unique. That if they spend the time and money to make those molds, mm-hmm. like, you you don't want to lose money on it. So that's probably why where the Sting figure, all they had to do was make a new head sculpt. Like, because they've had that, like, the body that was going to come on that Sting was the defining moment Sting. It was just a new head. So they were probably mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, fuck it. We don't need to make, we can just not make this figure because we, are, like, didn't have to put more money towards it. Where, like, a Bray Wyatt figure probably cost them a lot of money. Because, like, even as Firefly Funhouse, like, they had to make the chess piece with the collared shirt. Because they didn't do it the first time. Like, whenever they did the ringside, and then whenever we got the Elite, they did it. So, I think it all has to depend on the amount of money that they are spending on the figure. Or how long it's been since the person's been released. Or let the contract last. Because Adam Cole hasn't been gone that long. But long enough for them to say, hey, we're not making this figure. And Uh, who's been on, appeared on pay-per-view for... A rival company. Yeah. It's also super important to note that the Adam Cole chase, and if you find the Adam Cole chase, Ace, I need you to get it, because it's the camo gear. We're finally getting the camo oh, okay. gear Adam Cole. So I will... To round out the... To round out the War Games. Also, fun fact that I forgot to mention earlier, this is the first NXT War Games where Undisputed Era is not in it. Yep. They've been in every single one of them except for this one. Yeah. Uh, and now... Only two of them are even in, or I'm sorry, three of them are still in the company. Two of them are in the company. It's Ro- it's Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, uh, and then Fish and Cole are both with AEW. Uh, Strong is on the card, but he is not in the War Games match itself. So yeah, this is the first Wait, NXT era War Games. Kyle O'Reilly and Von uh, Wagner are wrestling, sir. Well, well, that's what I meant. Like yeah. they're they're on the both of them are on the card. Okay. They're just not in the the War Games match. So. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, speak. There is a figure that is not coming out uh, as part of WWE Elite Rare, uh, Wave 91. There was supposed to be an RVD Chase variant. However, Mattel has canceled that, uh, and it is because the Chase variant included his gear uh, that had the the Japanese Rising Sun uh, as part of the design. And if you aren't aware, the reason that Mattel is canceling this is because uh the the japanese rising sun imagery is essentially on par with the swastika and and the nazi flag 
because that was the flag that imperialist Japan flew during World War II. Uh, and the government that, you know, did a lot of really bad shit. So that is a very sensitive uh, imagery that there are uh, millions of people across the world that uh, take offense to. Yeah. So I think Mattel's making the right call here. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, and- it's, a, it's a cool looking piece of gear, but that would be like saying, oh, man, I can't believe they're pulling so-and-so's cool-looking piece of gear because they did an interesting spin on the swastika. Yeah. Like, that's, it's, nah. Like, we, whenever... we've, we've evolved past the need for rising sun imagery. Uh, because, again, I was in, like, we're in a couple different group chats, and whenever it got brought up, I said, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to this. Uh, just because, like, I didn't, I wasn't aware of, like, the rising sun flag being, a, like, that imagery being offensive to some people because again it was not something that ever i ever had to worry about so i was blind to it which is is ignorance i'm very Mm -hmm. aware of that's what it is um but like i remember whenever they announced the figure i told sadie like if i can get the tiger stripe one cool but i want that one because that was like that gear seemed like it was really good like 2006 rob van dam gear and i was like Mm -hmm. i want that i'm not um upset that we aren't getting this figure. Like, it's the one I wanted, but, like, I can still get the Tiger Stripe one, and it'll be the exact fucking same, like, literally Chase variants with with Mattel are just paint, like, repaints. There's nothing different. So, like, it's not like we're losing out on anything. I think that Mattel should do us a solid, because this was their mistake. Um, They should give us another Rob Van Dam really soon. Um, I'm cool if it being ringside or something, but I do think we are owed another Rob Van Dam. Uh, because mm-hmm. we just got one, and they were like, hey, you're going to get two, but not really, and we're not going to replace it. Uh, so, like, and again, it's one of those things. It's not like, it, this wasn't an oopsie. This was something that could have been avoided. On- Someone along the production line should have been like, hey, it's Rob Van Dam. He's got about eight billion kick-ass gear. It's yeah. all been airbrushed and looks amazing. We should pick one of those. And it's just, like, I think it's, you know, look at what we talked about last week. Uh, But, like, I don't know if it, it, I don't think it was done. I don't think it was done. Yeah, it wasn't done with that In the sense that they're like, ha yeah, screw this group of people specifically. I think it was a combination of just no one figured, no one figured it out. Like, hey, this isn't cool anymore. Like, technically, it wasn't cool back then, but we didn't really realize it. Yeah. Now we know. Like people, you know, we're we're more socially conscious now. And that, I want to you know, say someone should someone along the line should have been like, uh, hold up, guys. And I'd have to rewatch the like reveal video whenever they revealed these two Rob Van Dams because, like we said, it was uh, Elite ninety one was supposed to have the tiger stripe suit, and that one will still come out. That gear will still come out. The chase variant was supposed to be the Rising Sun gear. Um, whenever the two guys that do a lot of the work for Mattel's WWE elite thing where they, they did the elite squad video, they were talking about it and they said, all right, we got Rob Van Dam. What can we make? And they both said, these two gears were ones we wanted to make. And there was literally no, it was like the, one of the few times that neither one of us argued with each other over it. Mm-hmm. So like I could very much see if I was uh, the, the guys making these figures and they were like, what do you think about this gear? And it be like, I just said earlier, I'm not, I was not very familiar with, the rising sun flag being offensive and they would have been like what about this gear and i would have saw that gear and again it's offensive pretty fucking sweet looking gear though 
Like that's it. Like yeah. they, the airbrushed guy had a good day that day when he made that gear, and I would have looked at it and been like, "Yeah, we need to make that one." Um, mm-hmm. But then again, like you said, there's like at least hundreds of other gears that I'd be like, "We also need to make that one." Hopefully, Mattel is just like, "Hey, we know we kind of fucked that up." Here's a cool ringside exclusive. I'm hoping for 2006 One Night Stand. That's the one I want. Because then they can give us like a gear pack with it. And we can get that super mm-hmm. fucking cool Money in the Bank airbrush like briefcase. And then two belts. Uh, that's yeah. that's what I'm hoping into the world. That's what I'm willing to happen. Um, <laughs> but if you like, if you want more information, because uh, My Damn Toys is a really good YouTube channel for WWE figures. He literally went into depth about this situation. And then actually went into other companies that made the same mistake Mattel did. Mm-hmm. Like, doing Rising Sun stuff. Because, like, this apparently has been, like, with this specific flag... It's been a thing forever. Yeah. It's, it's been it's been a thing for a very long time, so, and it's been an issue for a very long time. Because he, like, went into a bunch of different situations and a bunch of different companies making this exact same mistake. And, again, I'm flag dumb. I know Nazi flag bad. I know that. Like, but other ones I'm kind of just like, I mean, I wasn't aware of it. I'm happy now that I know, because, fuck, knowledge is power. Um, I'm happy I now know that that's a problem. Um, But I didn't know it was a problem before. And then this guy was like, yeah, it's always been a problem, like you said. Here are other companies not being super intelligent. But again, I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to make these choices. If somebody paid me a million dollars to be like, hey, try not to be offensive while you make cool shit, I may look into flags a little bit more. To be fair, I don't think there's anybody like Mattel is a company million. Yes, I don't think there's a single person yeah, on making that a million, level yeah. that is making that is making that much money. But uh, and then the last story of the night, uh, Zombie Sailor is a company that has released a series of old school Hasbro. He's style. a he's a person who has made is a, he? he yeah Zombie Sailor is a is a person who has made a series of figures. Yeah, sorry, uh, I just wanted to I correct thought- you on that one. No, I mean, no, I'm glad you did, because uh, I legitimately thought Zombie Sailor was the name of a company. I I've, realized I've, it was just one dude. I've met Zombie. He's a sweet guy. This. He's really nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Friend of the show. Uh, <laughs> no, we can't, <laughs> we can't no. say that. Myers no. and Cardona will oh, get yes, pissed. I, I don't want yes, that I can. heat. I don't want that heat. What's he going to do? Bleed on me? Uh, what? Deathmatch King. He's going to bleed. Oh, I don't, okay, fair. All right. Why are you looking at me like I'm offended? Like I'm offended. I was the one that was tweeting out stuff in support of him. Uh, <laughs> Big Lee's World Lee was like, you don't want this kind of heat, man. And I was like, I don't care. Yes, I, yes, I do. ECW for ECW legend, Matt Cardona. Uh, no, but I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you corrected yeah. me. Zombie Sailor. Uh, but I knew that, like he's he's doing the line of heels and faces. They're Hasbro, old school Hasbro style uh, wrestling figures, and he has set a new record in just five hours um, of for this line uh, with a Danhausen figure. Uh, it is now the number one selling figure of all time, and it was only just from the pre-orders. Yeah. Because this was a pre-order, and like the pre-orders came with a bunch of extra accessories and things like that. So yeah, um, that was super cool. But one, congratulations to Danhausen, deserves all the success in the world. He give him his bags of money so he can buy a PT Cruiser like uh, Dwayne the Rock, Rock the Dwayne Johnson, and uh, a blimp. Yeah. So and and, it's... and, and congratulations to Zombie Slater because this is a cool. I do like. I have been very vocal about I don't like this t- style of figure. Yeah. I don't like the old school Hasbros. I don't like the LJNs. I don't like the Super 7 reactions. I don't like any of the like, hey, remember when t- toys were old and terrible? 
where we're going to make them just as terrible, but you're going to pay three times as much. I don't dig it. That's not, that's out of my wheelhouse. Congratulations to everybody else who does. I'm glad you were getting this kind of resurgence. That's super cool for you, but I don't love it. It's yeah. not for me. But I am I, I do think that this Heels and Faces line, he has done some very, very interesting... Because this is the one that was the Earl Hebner and... Cardona he's, he's Myers. Also doing a, he's doing a Raven. He's done Sabu. There's a bunch of people. Sa- yeah. He's, he's been signing so people... It's, it, He's, it's cool figures he's making. It's just it's not a style that I do. And like they're doing it really well because the guy that did the original art for Hasbro's is doing a lot of the artwork for these figures. So like we're getting like this is a whenever people say spirituals like predecessor to whatever or successor like this is that to Hasbro because it's the same like same artist working on this stuff. Because like I told you whenever they did the Jeff Jarrett, they dead ass just took what was supposed to get made before they lost the license, WWF and Hasbro, before that fell apart. They were supposed to make a Jeff Jarrett. That guy is just using that artwork for that next wave for Jeff Jarrett's figure. So we are literally getting a supposed-to-be-released action figure out of this wave. Like 30 years later. Um, Which is like, again, is still super fucking cool. The one thing, and I'm going to cut you off right before I let you get your one thing, but the other important thing to note is that Zombie Sailor gives a proceed like the, the, he licensed their names out. He gives them money for each toy sold. So he like I think he was supposed to be a couple waves from now that Danhausen was supposed to get his toy, but he pushed it forward because of his broken leg. And he was like, "We're gonna push to get this figure done because I want this guy to get as much support as he possibly can while going through this time." That's cool. I was just gonna say that. Speaking of Jeff Jarrett, that was the previous number one. Yes. Uh, that, that Danhausen has unseated. So, uh, congratulations to Danhausen. Congratulations to Zombie Sailor as well. So, uh, but that is going to do it for us here tonight on Nerdy's Part of the Ring and slash uh, playing with ourselves. Um, I don't know if that's going to stick around, but you know what? If you tell me you love it, I'll, I'll keep it. Uh, I love so, it. Hey, follow and you, you know you don't matter. Um, <laughs> so, let us know on Twitter at Nerdy's Part. Uh, is it too childish? Is it just childish enough? Is it too juvenile that you immediately like, oh my god, these guys are stupid? Uh, either way, let us know. Um, again, you can follow the show at Nerdiest Part. You can follow me at The Five Star Man. You can follow Dalton at PZ85DAnthony. Uh, of course, ProWrestlingTees.com slash DaltonAnthony. Uh, I would recommend getting a t-shirt while you can. Because uh, something that might be that might be a storefront to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm just gonna say that. Um, and of course, twitch.tv slash the five star man. And yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support. Um, follow us on whatever podcast service there is available. You can find. Give us a rating wherever you can. Um, I do think. Next year, I have an idea going that I want to do a giveaway based around Apple ratings, where it'll be like if you can screenshot your five-star rating, you're going to be entered into a drawing, but I'm still trying to figure out what the drawing will be for. So, uh, but yeah, uh, thank you so much to everybody. We are going to get out of here. Have a great night. Have a great week. Uh, Be safe this weekend. Enjoy war games if you're going to be watching, but you all mean the world to us.